This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. You're listening to Live and Learn with me, Nashran Johan. Macy, or the Malaysian-American Commission on Educational Exchange, is celebrating the 60th anniversary of their presence in Malaysia. If you're unfamiliar with Macy, this is the organization that is behind the Fulbright Scholarship Program. So, joining me on the show today to reflect on the past 60 years and also share about their programs is Curtis Johnson. He's the executive director of Macy. Welcome to the show, Curtis. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm doing very well. Thank okay. Happy to be here. You know, while Macy has been in Malaysia for decades now, right, six decades, many still have no idea what it is. So let's start with that. What exactly is the Malaysian-American Commission on Educational Exchange? So yes, very, very good. The Malaysian-American Commission on Educational Exchange is a binational commission uh, that facilitates the Fulbright program, which has been in existence for the past 77 years. And so the Fulbright program was created after World War II by a U.S. senator named J. William Fulbright. And after World War II, he took the armament uh, money and, you know, we were able to sell uh, weapons and we used the sale of those weapons to fund educational diplomacy opportunities around the world. And so Macy, while uh, the Fulbright operates in 160 countries, Macy is only one of 49 commissions globally. Right. When you're a binational commission, what that means is you're not just owned by the United States and funded and authorized by the United States, but you're operated and authorized by both countries. Right. So here in Malaysia, um, our board has just as much influ- Malaysian influence as it does American influence. We have 10 board members currently, five of which are American, five of which are Malaysian, all of which represent various areas of the government on both sides. My boss, uh, Danton Nordaza Binti Omar, uh, she's the chair of our board. She's Malaysian. In my job, I'm Malaysian-American. It is my responsibility to see the benefit of this relationship on both sides and try to continue to grow as it's a rising tide that lifts all ships. But what is Macy's vision? What are you all trying to accomplish? Well, we're trying to build bridges and transform lives through educational diplomacy. Mm -hmm. We offer in the neighborhoods on any given year 12 different educational exchange opportunities, uh, eight of which uh, are Malaysians that get to go to the United States for various programs and various qualifications uh, to get into those programs, but also three to four that bring Americans into Malaysia. And so this is all in an effort to grow exchange and opportunity, develop joint research opportunities, develop uh, cultural exchange. It's just a really interesting uh, experience for a lot of really deserving people. Why partner with Malaysia? Because um, you you talk about how, you know, this was a post-World War II initiative um, and you all wanted to, to, you know, use the war funds and and for something more meaningful, you know, something to to develop uh, people and, you know, and develop education. Why partner with Malaysia? Well, the agreement was signed between the United States and Malaysia January 28, 1963. Mm -hmm. So it was very early on in Malaysia's existence. Right. And so being that it was very early on in Malaysia's existence as a country, 
century, they had to go through the process of how do we develop higher education opportunities? How do we – how does the University of Malaya get created, UKM, et cetera? And so the United States was on the forefront of helping these things come to fruition. And this relationship had just grown from there. But without these agreements, then it becomes a one-sided conversation. And so – while I was not there uh, 60 years ago, uh, I do believe that the the impetus and the goal was to have a mutually beneficial set of circumstances where both sides had the opportunity to engage and invest in what the future of both countries' relationships was going to be from an educational standpoint. You just took on the job as the executive director of Macy's. I, I think it's been about a couple of years now. Why so? And, and what about the organization's history spoke to you? Well, one of the things is just the Fulbright program is worldwide uh, and well-known. We've had over globally over 60 heads of state. Um, we give out 4,000, um, excuse me, 8,000 grants per year. Uh, we've distributed 400,000 grants in the past 70-plus years. And just the ability to bridge connectivity between people uh, through education is something that's extremely appealing. Um, anytime you have an opportunity to go overseas for whatever the circumstances are, it adds another dimension in your worldview, and you come back to your home country better for it. Uh, these opportunities not only impact the individual, but it impacts a family, it impacts their economic capacity and trajectory. And as somebody who's just lived internationally, I completely understand the transformative nature of these exchange and these programs. Now, you one of the words that you've mentioned a lot um, just in the past few minutes is transformative, right? Um, y'all have this 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 vision, this goal to transform education, um, which y'all have done, um, you know, very successfully over the years. But what exactly do you mean by transform? What would you say is your philosophy of of education? What are y'all trying to achieve? through this, these educational programs? Yeah, I, what I think I can really focus in on on that is how do we choose our grantees and mm -hmm. who, who we actually look for. And independent of what field of study that they're in or what their qualifications are, depending on the program, like I said, there's eight programs for Malaysians to go to the United States and each program is very unique. Right. But what I would say uh, in regards to the transformative nature is – Really, we focus on three areas. The first area being, uh, would this be an experience that the individual would not normally have an opportunity to get? Um, like I said, you know, anytime you go on an international exchange or you visit another country, it has the potential to just exponentially grow your view of what is possible for yourself and the world. So that's number one who we're looking for. Uh, number two, the what we're looking for, particularly when it comes to our programs and here in Malaysia, is if the work that they're doing on an academic level has a tangible benefit to either Malaysia or ASEAN. And the reason being is because if this is going to be an exchange opportunity, there has to be some return on investment for Malaysia just as much as there is for the United States. So we look for programs that have 
this benefit to Malaysia. Mm. I'll give you an example from an American standpoint. If I have an American professor that comes in there on their application form, there's the opportunity to say, I'm going to do this percent of research in Malaysia. Right. So as far as this percent of research, it could be 100 percent. That's not necessarily an application that I'm interested in. If you say I will do 70 percent research, 25 percent lecturing and 5 percent technical assistance within the university, that is a mutually beneficial proposal. And so that's number two. And three. Uh, can the individual be a ambassador for not only their home country, uh, not only their family, but can they be an ambassador for our program and what it is we do? Can they make sure that upon their return that they're making sure that other people are coming into uh, the the Fulbright family and the opportunities that are given through these applications? Um, I want to understand the kind of programs that you have a little bit better, right? Because I, I as I know, Fulbright is sort of the anchor program um, of Macy. But like you brought up during the conversation, you all, you all run about eight programs. Can you um, talk to me about the different programs and, and how sure. all of them run? Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, so for... Again, over the 60 years, we've done a lot of different things. And mm-hmm. so what I would say as far as what we do, Fulbright is the umbrella. Right. And under the umbrella, there are eight different programs of the Fulbright. Right. So there's different grants for if you are a public school teacher here in Malaysia, there are two grants that you can um, engage in. One called the Foreign Language Teaching Assistance Grant, where you go to the United States and teach Bahasa Malayu at a university. In exchange for doing that, you get to take classes at that university per your choice. That's very cool. There's another one called uh, the uh, Fulbright Teaching Excellence and Achievement Program. That one is for teachers to go and be assigned to a university but also get class time in a U.S. classroom. Uh, We had one individual who was in that program and she came back and she had she had programs that she connected with other teachers in the program from the Ukraine, from Nigeria, from China, because it's a global program. Uh, and that's the beauty of what it is we do. A lot of people don't realize the United States have more, has more international students than anywhere else in the world. So these programs are not specifically just – you're not just getting American culture. Right. But you're getting a, a real global education and engagement and opportunities that are going to last a lifetime. And would you say that's one of the misconceptions that – some people might have about the program that you're going into this to get some sort of American indoctrination. (laughs) Right, right. No, yeah, I do. I do, I do, I do. I think there is... So for clarity, I'm an African-American. And uh, as an African-American, I I definitely understand uh, colonialization and I understand uh, the aspects of Western culture versus Eastern culture, I think, a bit. And so, you know, what we look for, again, in our grantees is Malaysia has its own fire. Mm-hmm. You know, we want individuals who are who have that fire and, ha- and understand how to create their own fire. And they show Americans, this is how we do it in Malaysia. And conversely, Americans will say, well, this is how we do it here. And hopefully there's a meeting of the minds and each takes a little bit of something from each other and then go forth and that grows just exponentially across the board. Um, that is one of our major misconceptions that, you know, you're just going to go to the United States 
for the sake of learning the way the United States does it. That's not the case. We don't, an expression I use is we don't uh, create diamonds through our program. We find them and all they are shined up a little bit more to come back to Malaysia and continue to grow. On the show with me today is Curtis Johnson, Executive Director of the Malaysian American Commission on Educational Exchange. After the break, I ask him about the biggest challenges the organization has faced over the years. Keep it here on Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Live and Learn. I'm Dashan Johan and on the show with me today is Curtis Johnson. He's the Executive Director of the Malaysian American Commission on Educational Exchange. And we're doing this show in conjunction with their 60th anniversary. So, Curtis... What exactly is Fulbright? You said it's it's your umbrella. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I find very interesting is you, you highlighted teachers, um, you know, programs for teachers. But, you know, someone from um, BFM has is a Fulbright uh, mm-hmm. alumni. She went through the whole Fulbright program. Um, she's a journalist. Um, she's a culture commentator. Um, so are you saying that... Um, regardless of what you're studying, whether you're studying law, whether you're studying engineering, whether you're stu- you know, you are a teacher or a journalist, um, everybody can apply for Fulbright or are, are you all looking at specific industries? Well, one of the things that our board of directors does is they look at these areas of binational agreement, right? And these right. areas of bi- binational priorities. And because we have a new administration in on the Malaysian side, that right. conversation will continue to happen uh, as we move forward. But what I can say is go to our website, uh, org. Dot my and see if there's an opportunity that speaks to you and is specific to your background. Um, our staff, really more than anything else, we're trying to find, we're cheering for everybody who wants to wants to go. So we're looking for anybody and everybody that has an interesting project, an interesting uh, field of study. But the first step is if individuals go and do the research and look and see, you know, what could potentially work for them. What are, you know, the benefits um, for people who may, I think a lot of, most people have no idea what a cultural, uh, you know, sort of an exchange program like this is an educational exchange program. What are the benefits of, of going through this program and what can people expect from it? Well, a lot of the programs are either fully funded or or. I'd say over 75% funded as far as the different things and activities as far as going to the United States. That's the first and foremost. Two, you're in one of the greatest academic, academically-based countries in the world in the sense that a lot of your professors and the people you'll be working with, you have the opportunity to engage with so many people that you may have only read about on the, online or on the internet. Um, and so being that that's the case... It just grows opportunity in an exponential way. Uh, in addition to that, what I would say is the ability to engage with other cultures and other people, share your culture with other people, is of benefit to legitimately everybody. Um, the more we're able to do that, the smaller the world becomes, the smaller the world becomes. My hope is that we have a better understanding across the board. You know, we are talking about, you know, the 60th anniversary of um, Macy, um, especially, you know, its its presence in Malaysia, like you mentioned, since 1963. That's been such a long time. What are some of the biggest challenges um, the organization has faced over the years? Um, I know you've only been here for, I mean, been part of the organization for 
two years, uh, two three years. But you know, based on your 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 understanding, um, based on what your your seniors or your your predecessors have told you, and based on what you have observed over the past two and a half years, what are some of the big challenges this organization has go through, gone through? Well, I mean, the the clear and present one is COVID, right? Like when you're when your your role is to send people back and forth to different countries, and countries are shut down from travel, right? That uh. That helps you have to reevaluate how you do what it is you do. Uh, in addition to that, it's accessibility, right? Um, after the death of George Floyd in the United States, the Fulbright program had to really look hard at diversity, equity, and inclusion issues. And over the 77 years and having commissions all over the world, I'm the first African-American uh, executive director uh, the program as a whole has ever had. And being that that's the case, when I look at it from whether it's a Malaysian standpoint or an American standpoint, more than anything else, it is barriers to access to the program, which is why we do conversations like this. We want to make sure that any and everybody that could potentially have an opportunity is aware of the opportunity and has just as much of a chance as people who are within the bubble of mm -hmm. academia uh, who know about these things and are well primed to, to apply for these things. And so we've been working really hard on making sure that access is – does access and prestige coexist? Right. Right. You know, just because it's a prestigious award, which it is, doesn't mean that it's reserved for a certain subset of people. And we want to make sure that Malaysia understands that and knows that, just like we want to make sure that on, in the United States that everybody has, who needs the opportunity knows it's available to them. In addition to that, I would just say the misconceptions about, again, distance, right? right? It's so far. United States is so far. <laughs> and what I always tell people with that is I said, well, I have yet, I've made the trip from the United States to Malaysia many a time, and I have yet to have to fly the plane. So <laughs> all you have to do is sit back, watch a few movies, take a nap. They bring you food. Right. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> you know, um, and then once you're there, you know, it's a completely different set of circumstances. Um, again, you know, there are safety concerns, there are other issues, but one of the things that the Fulbright program does a very good job is providing resources and support systems, not only through the program, but also U.S. universities have some of the best, whether it's mental health, safety, uh, security, uh, programs and, uh, and mechanisms set up. So, you know, we keep in contact with people. The United States uh, partner makes sure they're keeping in contact with people on the ground. So we want to make sure that people have the opportunity and have a wonderful experience. That's really what we're there for. Something you mentioned which really piqued my interest, you brought up George Floyd. Mm -hmm. and, and that was certainly, you know, a, a very saddening moment, but also a very powerful moment in, in recent um, history. And, and it, 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 you know, propelled one of the biggest protests in, in the United States in, in recent history as well. And it has uh, ripple effects all around the world. Um, I'm wondering, and, and you said that this was one of the things that, that sort of pushed uh, Fulbright um, to, to, do, to do some self-reflection and see how the program uh, can evolve as well. 
talk to me a little bit more about the impact of you know the 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 brutal uh, killing of George Floyd on how that has evolved Fulbright. Yeah, so some of the ways that it's evolved Fulbright is the Fulbright program globally, and it's particularly in the United States, has made stronger inroads and connections with something called historically black colleges and universities in the United right. States. So I happen to be an alum of Morehouse College, which is a historically black college. The reason that they were created was there was a time in the United States where it was legal for African-Americans to attend major universities. And so being that... that that happened. One of the things that this the Fulbright program is doing now is making sure that professors and students have pathways to the opportunities of the Fulbright program. And so as an African-American executive director, it's my responsibility to also make sure that those individuals have a clear understanding that Malaysia is open for them as well. And so we are trying to grow the connectivity and access in the United States, just like we try to grow connectivity and access here in Malaysia. What are some of the milestones that you're particularly proud of? Um, you know, when you look back at what Fulbright, what Macy has uh, accomplished over the many decades. So due to this agreement signed 60 years ago between Malaysia and the United States, it's my hypothesis or I guess my my testimonial that if you have any connectivity, if you're Malaysian and have any connectivity with the United States education system, you owe a debt to this document. Um, that is was the catalyst for the relationship between the two countries. So if you went to Harvard, Yale, Stanford, Michigan, Ohio University, Indiana University, it has a lot to do with the fact that our two countries came together for this signature. And that's something to be extremely proud of on both sides. In addition to that, last year we sent our 1,000th Malaysian through Macy uh, to the United States. We're extremely proud of that and we look forward to sending our next 1,000, of course. And what I really want to have happen and what my – I guess if there's a goal, it's that – Macy and and Malaysia and Malaysia's general public feels ownership and pride in the impact of the work that this organization has done throughout the years. It is not solely a U.S. entity. It is not solely a Malaysian entity. It is the one entity in Malaysia that operates in this binational space. And so I really hope Malaysia rallies around that as we celebrate the 60th anniversary. Can you share some um, success stories um, of Macy alumni folk, um, you know, especially, you know, those from Malaysia? Yeah, sure. We have uh, Dr. Ong Kian Ming uh, right. is, is an <laughs> alum of the program. Uh, Datuk Sheri, uh, Dr. Mazlan Othman, right. uh, Malaysia's first, uh, I believe, astrophysicist. Uh, Ramli Ismail, um, famous Malaysian dancer. Uh, also a Fulbrighter. And so what I would say a success story is, is all of our grantees. That's first and foremost. But secondly, we had a program here for years called the English Teaching Assistance Program. And that was a program where young Americans were going to primary and secondary schools throughout 10 Malaysian states and spending the year as a English you know, teacher and supporting uh, Malaysian English teachers. Anytime we see an, a 
applicant that comes in from one of those schools and said, I heard about Macy through one of these teachers when I was in primary or secondary school. And I knew at some point in time I wanted to go study in the United States. There's no better success story than that. That is bringing it all full circle. That is seeing a real return on investment. And when you're dealing in these spaces of public diplomacy, it's very hard to quantify legitimate impact. But I do think the people, the Malaysians I named earlier and the story that I just articulated show that these things work and that they have an exponential ripple effect. Absolutely. So what if, um, you know, I'm sure there are a number of listeners, um, you know, who are interested in, in this, you know, um, this, this program who perhaps didn't hear about it before. Um, who can apply for this program? Um, are, are we talking about, uh, you know, high school leavers? Uh, do you have to complete your A-levels? Or are you talking about people who already have a degree so they can pursue their master's or, or PhD? Who can, uh, you know, apply for this? Who's eligible? Right. Well, like I said, it, it, there is a wide age range. But what I would say is the youngest program in which we have is if you're in currently in college or university here in Malaysia. Uh, it's called the Global UGrad program where you get to go to the United States for six months. You not only get your flight paid for, your tuition, but and your books and food, food and room and board, but you also get a stipend. And so that's a six-month attachment, essentially a study abroad program. Past that, there are programs if you want to go to graduate school uh, or get your PhD. We also have programs for professors and professor prof, professorial exchanges, but we also have, again, for public school teachers and other things. So the youngest, I would say, is if you're in university or college. Fantastic. So how can interested people apply? Sure. So go to our website. Uh, we have rolling applications, which means throughout the year, there's a program that's up. So just see which one that you're interested in and that you potentially qualify for. Again, our website is macee.org.my. Fantastic. And before we wrap this conversation up, Curtis, um, like we mentioned, this is um, Macy's 60th anniversary, six decades. A lot has been done. A lot has been accomplished. Many success stories over the years. When you look forward, I know, you know, looking, predicting the next 60 years, it's, it's you know, it's kind of something that's out of this world, right? How do you can't even predict what's going to happen next year? But what is your hope when you look at the next, you know, few decades? What is your hope for Macy? My hope is that we continue to grow the program. We continue to grow our stories, continue to grow our impact uh, within Malaysia and as well as the United States. Uh, I think we know Malaysians and Americans know about each other, but we need to really know each other. And I have always said that, you know, Malaysia's greatest natural resource are its people. And so programs like this help us continue to grow its people and grow opportunity. And if whatever we can do to grow this relationship between the two countries, I think it's a win for everybody. Absolutely. And on that note, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you.
That was Curtis Johnson, Executive Director of the Malaysian American Commission on Educational Exchange, also known as Macy. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Darshan Johan, and this has been Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.